Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco training. Afternoon, everybody. I'm Bruce Lawson. I'm an instructor for eco training in South Africa in the far northern Kruger National Park. I have been an instructor for them for 11 years now. Before that, I've been walking in the bush all over Africa. Um, I've done many, many, many hours of trails guiding in the bush, taking people walking into the Big Five and all over the place and doing wilderness trails um, and accumulated many tens of thousands of kilometers on foot with many thousands of encounters with the dangerous game. Um, and the topic we wanted to discuss this afternoon was how to get in tune with your natural surroundings and how to get in tune with the bush. Um, I think the bush is pretty much a synonym for anywhere really. Um, it's not necessarily just getting in touch with the bush that matters, but the bush can be anywhere. If you live in a city, it can be that. How do you get in touch with that? Well, you get in touch with and in tune with the bush and with the city by spending time in it. You get to know the nuances, um, the ins, the outs, the way things work, the rhythms, the different times of year, all those sort of things. There are definitely some things that we have to, to know and we do actually know them instinctively, but it's just living in a modern society, our natural inborn um, instincts have been kind of dulled a bit by having everybody telling us what we can do and what we can't do and instinctively uh, we kind of lose our sixth sense so to speak when things are right and wrong however having said that everybody still feels it everybody says when they walk into a place they can just feel that there's something not right that's their sixth sense telling them that something is not right and that is exactly what it is like here in the bush. So to get in tune with your natural surroundings, I think the best thing, the best way possible to do that is to actually put all your man-made um, objects aside. So everything that distracts you from the natural surroundings, uh, your watch, your cell phone, your iPod, your iPad, your eye this, your eye that, your eye everything. Just put it all away and just give yourself a little bit of time to get in tune with your natural surroundings. The best way to do that is actually just to relax in the bush. Go sit under a tree and just listen. You don't have to know what you're listening to, but if you just listen um, and you'll get to know the rhythms and the way the bush works and the birds talking, the insects we can hear now at the moment, the bees up in the tree above us, all the birds calling around us, um, the wind blowing through the, through the leaves across the ground, um, the crickets calling in the background, all those sort of things make up the music, the orchestra of the bushveld. And that is vitally important when you interrupt a conductor um, the music tends to get all wobbly and then it stops altogether. And that's exactly what happens out here. 
if suddenly all of these insects or things suddenly went quiet, that would be nature's way of saying there's something not right at the moment. And when we get in touch with that instinct within us, that's when we become one with the, with the surroundings around us. But if you do want to sit somewhere quietly and you want to watch animals, you've got to know a little bit about the animal to start with. So go to an area that they're going to frequent. Um, hot afternoon like this, I would go somewhere, park my car, or I'd walk somewhere and sit down safely, somewhere to watch animals close to water. Hot afternoon, they're going to come drink before night time. At night time, most of your animals, except your nocturnal animals, most of your animals are going to be uh, under cover of darkness. They're going to hide away because that's when your predators come out. They don't want necessarily want to become dinner. So they will drink beforehand and then they'll go find somewhere where they can hide away or be in their herd and be safe. So the first thing is to find a spot that is where the animals are going to frequent, whether they're there or not, doesn't matter. Find that spot, check the wind. See if the wind direction is right, so you don't have the wind blowing from you onto the waterhole, but rather the other way around, from the waterhole towards you. That's why, that way your, your scent is going to disappear, because all of our scent on us is all artificial. It's all chemically based. It's detergents in our clothes. It's shampoo in your hair, in my beard. It's all those sort of things. So toothpaste, um, everything that we got is, is a chemical smell which is very alien to the natural environment. So make sure you are downwind. Make sure the sun is in the correct position. Not that we can move the position of the sun, but we can move ourselves. Um, so that you're not looking into the sun. Um, preferably with the sun to your back. So that if animals do look in your direction, they're blinded by the sun. They don't necessarily see you. So there are those few factors that you would take into consideration. And then the biggest thing is patience. To get there and just sit. And whether you see the animals or not see the animals, um, that's not really the point. It's just getting in touch with the natural environment. And because we all work and everything works on energy, if we are relaxed and we are happy in our environment, we give off a harmonious energy into the environment, which means animals are going to come closer. Because that's how they have survived for millennia. They have been um, instinctively in touch with the energy that is flowing through this environment all the time and flowing through, through every environment all the time. And they go on that energy. If that energy somehow is not right, they're not going to go into that area. Um, so you've got to be relaxed. You've got to just let it happen. If you want to go look for an elephant and you want to go sit at the water and you say, oh, I hope an elephant, I hope an elephant, I hope an elephant, the chances are that elephant's not going to come. But if you go there and you say, it doesn't matter, whatever comes is going to be beautiful. Chances are an elephant will come past because you're going to be relaxed about it and your so-called elephant energy that you're giving off is the right energy that's going to attract that animal. So get the wind right, get the sun right, get your terrain right, get into position, relax, let nature do its thing, and it'll all happen. Going into the optics, um, I mean, binoculars, I mean, how comfortable would you be going to a doctor who doesn't have, have a stethoscope? 
you're not going to be very happy. So the same should go for guides. If you're going to take your job seriously, have a pair of binoculars because they're going to help you learn. You're going to be able to see further. You get more clarity, more focal distance, and you just learn a lot more. A lot of things you see are at a distance. You get a good pair of binoculars and you will be able to see that a lot closer. Going into the optics of binoculars, it all depends how much you want to pay. If you want to pay a little bit of money, your binoculars are probably not going to be that good. The more you pay, the more time um, the manufacturers have gone into manufacturing a, the lens, but then the body of the binocular and the structure of the binocular that, that holds that lens in place. Now, critical things to look for in binoculars, um, people tend to pick up a pair of binoculars and they try to look and see as far as they can see. All binoculars are made to see as far as you can see. So you want to focus on something close by. So if a pair of binoculars cannot focus five meters or less, then you must stay away from those binoculars because you don't want to have to walk away from something to be able to see it clearly. You want to be able to see it a lot closer. So your focal distance, so you have two numbers on binoculars. You have a, a 10 by 30, okay? Your 10 means that that is the magnification of the binoculars. So it's going to bring stuff 10 times closer or make them 10 times bigger, whichever way you want to see it. The 30 explains the diameter of your objective lens, so this, the, the front part of the lens. Um, that is the diameter in millimeters. It's going to be 30 millimeters or 32. Then you get 42. Obviously, 42 is bigger. It's going to let in more light. So when, when the sun goes down a little bit or it gets a bit darker, it's overcast, uh, you'll have more light to be able to see things because that objective number is a bit bigger. If the objective number is very small, you're going to need very good light, but also your focal magnification is very small. So you're going to have to be very accurate when you're looking at something because it's difficult to, to see it. Um, that's pretty much all there is to binoculars. If you want good pairs of binoculars, um, yeah, you're going to go expensive. You're going to go Leica, Zeiss, Swarovski's, those ones. If you want good mid-range binoculars, you're going to be looking at Nikon, Pentax, Tasco, those kind of binoculars. I don't even know what cheap bad binoculars are, but it doesn't matter. And everybody should stay away from binoculars that are self-focusing. Because what you're doing then is you're relying on your eyes to do the focusing and your eyes get tired and you wear your eyes out at the end of the day. So you want a pair of binoculars where you are manually doing the focus. Um, yes, tricks to binoculars keep the strap as short as possible because the longer it is, the more it's going to bounce. Um, have the strap wider or broader than thinner because they're going to hang around your necks. So if it's a, if, if it's a broader strap, your, your neck takes up, it just spreads the weight around a little bit. You also get straps, harnesses that go over the shoulders that takes the weight off the neck, which are also very, very comfortable. Um, using binoculars, binoculars all have one eye that focuses, well, humans. We have one eye that is focused a little bit different to the other eye. So your binoculars you can set where you can set the one eye just a little bit different to the other eye and you lock that in place so your binoculars are always set like that for yourself. That is something when people get the binoculars, you look at an object that is not moving, so an object that is static. Uh, 
relatively close by, 10 meters away, focus on it nicely, get the best focus that you can looking through both eyes, okay, and then you close one eye and you close the other eye and when you close the one eye, you turn and it's generally the left hand lens that is a little bit out, you turn the left hand lens um, and you can see that it either goes into focus or out of focus. So you get it into focus as best as possible and then you move your, your main focus ring again and then you turn your eyepiece again until you get it just right and then you must have a look at the setting that your eyepiece is on and just make a mark there, you make it with a little scratch or you get a little bit of, of nail varnish and you put it on there then you're always going to know where it is or if you've got a good memory you just look at it and remember um, that's the best but those are things that you tend to have to from binoculars to binoculars you have to to change that often binoculars you know when you're scanning um, when you're using not only binoculars but when you're scanning in general looking for stuff westerners us with our amazing schooling and learning background we are trained from a very 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 young age to read on a page and you read from your top left to your bottom right that's how you read through a book so we've done a lot of learning we've been to a lot of school some of us have done university got degrees that sort of stuff we've done a lot of learning so we read fast and we skim read and we just skim over areas so we're doing that while we're out here we're just skimming like this now if you took that and you turned it on its head and you made it opposite and you scanned from the bottom right to left, middle right to left, top right to left, you would have to go a lot slower because you can't skim over it because you're not used to doing that, so you're not seeing stuff. So you go slower, and that way you're going to actually pick out and you're going to see more definition and more individuals rather than skimming across the landscape. So that is one trick um, to learn to scan and actually see things better. And what you're doing while you're walking, how you're doing that, is you're scanning the ground in front of you within 5-10 meters, and then you're scanning the middle distance 10 to say 50 meters, and then you're scanning the far distance. And then by the time you've scanned the far distance, and you come back to the ground, you're in the middle distance. So then you're scanning that again. So there you've scanned that area twice. And by the time you get to your far distance that you scanned first, you've already scanned it three times. So that way you're giving yourself a lot better advantage of what you see and the same goes for binoculars when you're using binoculars just scan from right to left rather than left to right you'll just tend to see more and pick up maybe not see more but you'll pick up more detail in whatever it is you, you're looking at um, another trick that we use as guides um, is if you invert your binoculars so you turn your binoculars over and you look into the distance everything seems far away like on the other side of the world everything's so much smaller but if you actually bring something up close to underneath your eyepiece of your binoculars so now it's upside down it acts as a magnifying glass so you can look at really 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 small things leaves insects whatever you want to look at in absolute minute detail and it brings that out and that's just a trick um, we've learned over the ages and you can also use that if you want to start fire sunlight magnifying glass put it on a dry leaf and it'll burn a hole in that leaf so another good use for binoculars for more audio safaris visit kuduhere.com